If you've ever been curious about me, wonder why I chose Ireland to focus on, and a little bit about my family, well then, enjoy this interview I did with Ricky Shetty of Digital Nomad Mastery. and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have uh, the founder of Ireland Family Vacations, Jody. And uh, Jody's going to be talking about her passion for Ireland. She's going to be talking about her family travels. Uh, we're going to be talking about her podcast and much, much, much more. Uh, so to start off with, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better, Jody? if you want to share a little bit more for the people listening and watching today. Sure. Hi, I'm Jody Halstead, and I publish Ireland Family Vacations, which is a pretty much an all-around family vacation site specifically dedicated to Ireland. So there's every aspect of planning your trip from, uh, you know, kind of going through the interactive map I have and searching county by county to plan your own trip, as well as a podcast, um, ebooks that walk you step-by-step step through how to plan your trip, as well as vacation coaching. So if, if you want to go to Ireland, I can help you do it and in whatever way works best for you. Sounds good. And we're definitely going to be covering Ireland and about your website in much more detail. Uh, but I'm curious to know about your own family and your own family travels. So how many kids do you have and how long have you been traveling with them? And what are, many, many, the, what are the major destinations you guys have visited so far? Okay. Uh, well, I have two children, and they are now 10 and 12. We've been traveling with them. Our very first trip with our eldest was when she was three months old, and we've been traveling pretty constantly with them since that time. Uh, obviously, we visit Ireland every year, but in addition to that, we also have an RV, so we travel in the United States um, in our RV. We just returned from two weeks in Glacier National Park, and... We take that out as often as we can when we're not when we're not um, overseas. So we we enjoy we enjoy different aspects of travel, but uh, we definitely get out there and, and go wherever we can, whenever we can. My husband is an IT contractor, so he has a very flexible position right now um, with an international company that allows him to work remotely. So we're very blessed. Yeah, you're definitely blessed indeed if yeah, he's able to work remotely and uh, have the location freedom that a lot of people dream about. Uh, so I'm curious to know about your uh, passion for Ireland. Uh, tell us a little bit about the origin story there. Uh, why did you get so passionate about Ireland? And when did you visit? And when did you fall in love with the beautiful country? So my first visit to Ireland was in 2002. It was before I married. And it was one of those trips that I'd always dreamed of taking. And I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm not getting any younger. At the time, I was almost 32 and said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I don't care if nobody goes with me. So it was a solo trip to Ireland. I had a map, a book of B&Bs, and a rental car. And I just set out from the airport kind of, uh, I, I tell people maybe a bit, uh, Foolishly, because, you know, I had no worries about driving on the left, no worries about, um, you know, safety or anything like that. It was just, I was so excited to be there. 
And Ireland, just the minute I landed, felt like home. And uh, I, I fell in love with it the minute I landed. I cried when I left. And I've been back pretty much every year since, um, just exploring new locations and new new places to me and, and um, getting off that tourist track that so many people tend to follow when they're there. Yeah, I absolutely love Ireland. I actually had a chance to visit myself in my early 20s when I traveled around uh, Europe. And back then I was not married, I didn't have kids, and I was back uh, <laughs> backpacking and uh, hitchhiking. And out of all the places I hitchhiked, um, Ireland was probably one of the most friendliest. Uh, uh, it, was, it was definitely one of the most friendliest in terms of the people. Uh, people who I met when I was hitchhiking would like invite me over for, for meals. Uh, even like they would say, Jordan, come stay with us. And, you know, like obviously I didn't know them, uh, you know, and uh, it's amazing just the fact that they're so hospitable that me as a stranger, they're willing to not only have me for dinner, but have me to sleep at their home. So amazing. I, I'm a big advocate of Ireland. Uh, the Irish people and travel to Ireland as well and I haven't done it as extensively as you obviously but uh, just through my brief experience there I definitely want to go there and uh, focus a lot more deeper and obviously this time go back with my wife and kids. It's a perfect country for families. It is indeed it is I definitely want to explore it with my uh, wife and three young kids. Uh, so I'm curious to know about um, uh, the different places to see in Ireland I think there's a typical famous ones, but uh, if you can walk us through a typical tourist itinerary, maybe if someone had about two weeks, uh, 10 days, 14 days, where would they go? Sure, the, the average Irish vacation from North America lasts about 10 days. Usually people try to leave on a Friday to land on a Saturday, and then they bookend to the other weekend, and that gives you 10 days to really explore. The best way to do it is to land in Dublin and then depart from Shannon, if at all possible, just because the Shannon Airport is really just a dream to exit through. Um, Dublin Airport gets very, very busy, and it can take you three hours to get through all the security during um, even kind of a mid-season. So if you can fly into Dublin and out of Shannon, it's perfect. Get in there, land in Dublin, take the bus into uh, Dublin City, spend a couple of days in Dublin, and then the majority of people really on their first trip begin in Dublin and then do the southwesterly route that takes you down through um, Kilkenny and Cork City, down over into County Kerry, the famed Ring of Kerry, the Dingle Peninsula and uh, Killarney, all very, very beautiful and very popular with tourists. And then you go up the west coast toward County Clare, uh, visit the Cliffs of Moher, get up into Galway City. People really do love Galway. Um, it's very vibrant. It's a young city with a, a really busy college. And then pop back down to Shannon and fly out of there. So that's, that's a pretty typical first trip. Can take uh, seven to 10 days. Now, if you want to get off of that really busy tourist trail, I recommend going through the middle of Ireland and maybe up the northern side a bit and visit uh, the more uh, historic areas in County Meath, you have Newgrange and the Hill of Tara. Get over into Westport, which is in County Mayo. It's a beautiful, wonderful town that uh, really gives you that flavor of Ireland without the crowds. And then drop down into Connemara, which is the very, very western part of Galway, and then down toward County Clare and the Cliffs of Moher. So in terms of sightseeing, um, you know, obviously Ireland is very beautiful in terms of natural beauty and uh, 
there's also some historic towns and cities. Uh, there's a famous Blarney store which you can kiss and get the gift of the gap, just <laughs> like I have. <laughs> so tell us about uh, some of the major actual tourist attractions, um, besides just the nature itself, but uh, any specific okay. tourist attractions that's really stand out to you? You know, Ireland is just filled with attractions, and I think that's one of the things that people, when they're planning their trip, they don't understand just how much there is. Because while you know about, uh, you know, Dublin City and Glendalough, which is just south of Dublin and a very easy day trip, and the Rock of Cashel, um, in the shadows of all of those are other beautiful, amazing sites that, you know, you're going to stumble upon and feel like maybe you're the only person that's ever found it because there are very, very few, if any, people there. So some of my favorites are obviously Glendalough, which is just south of Dublin City. It's a beautiful monastic village uh, from the sixth century. And there are beautiful walks through the Wicklow Mountains there. So if you're outdoorsy, that is definitely a great place to stop. I absolutely love the medieval city of Kilkenny. Most tourists miss Kilkenny because they're going from Dublin to Cork to Killarney. Um, but Kilkenny is an amazing medieval town. They have one of the few round towers that you can actually climb to the top. Um, there are monastic cities right around there. It's not very far from the Rock of Cashel, which is uh, near the top of everybody's list to visit. It's this beautiful palace that was built on top of a stone and then given to the Christian church. Um, and it's, it's one of those overpowering sites that, that you're just in awe of it as you stand below and begin your hike up to it. The Blarney Stone, as you said, everybody wants to go and kiss the Blarney Stone, but in my mind, the real star attraction at Blarney are the magnificent gardens that they have. Um, they also have a megalith there, so uh, a large dolmen, and some really great uh, legends that go back to uh, the Blarney Witch that are just wonderful. Um, the city of Waterford, uh, a lot of people may have heard of it due to Waterford Crystal, but they have, it's actually the first city in Ireland, the first city that was ever founded. And so they have history that goes back past the Vikings, and they have a great Viking triangle with three museums in it that are just fabulous for understanding the history of Ireland. Um, then you get over to uh, Killarney, which is the southwestern tourist center, and that's where you have your your kickoff to the Ring of Kerry and the beautiful ladies view that Queen Victoria made famous during her visit. And just, it's, it's beautiful scenery. It's, it's what you think of when you think of Ireland, the green hills, the castles, the beautiful um, ocean views, everything of that nature is found down there in the southwestern part of County Kerry, which is why everyone visits um, up into County Clare, you have the Cliffs of Moher, which everyone has heard of. Uh, you have the, you know, the Princess Bride and Harry Potter were both filmed there. So, that, you know, that draws in more, more crowd. Um, so if you visit those, which you really should, go in the evening after four when the tour buses have left. The majority of them are gone by then. So those are, those are really the main attractions to the Southwest. But... Northern Ireland has become much more popular, and much of that is due to Titanic, Belfast, and Game of Thrones. And so if you're going to go north, um, that's going to be something that, unless you have a really good chunk of time, you're going to either go north or south. But along the northern 
uh, coast, you have, you know, the Giant's Causeway, which are the, the polyagonal stones that look almost otherworldly. And depending on who you believe, the scientists say volcano, the Irish say giant, you know, you can choose, choose what you want there. You have uh, beautiful Dunluce Castle, which featured in Game of Thrones. You have the Dark Hedges, which have featured in Game of Thrones. And then you just have this beautiful coastal route to walk. And then the Carrickareed Rope Bridge, which is an absolutely fabulous, if heart-pounding, um, detour. Yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate that Northern Ireland gets a bad rep because of political history and, uh, the, you know, kind of the... the uh, the violent past, but uh, you know, it's uh, quite a safe place. I actually had a chance to go from uh, England to Wales to Scotland, and I actually took a ferry over to Northern Ireland, and then uh, from Northern Ireland went south into uh, the Republic of Ireland, and then from the Republic, I actually went over to uh, France by ferry. And uh, you know, I actually loved uh, both uh, sides of Ireland. Uh, tell us a little bit about the political situation now. I mean, uh, you know, obviously um, right. it has to settle down from the past. But if you don't mind sharing a little bit about the politics. Sure. Sure. Um, now, Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain. So it actually is an English, I don't want to say territory because that's not the right word, but that's something that people would understand. So, so Northern Ireland is part of England. There's six counties in Northern Ireland. And it does kind of feel like a different country when you cross that border. You can very easily see areas that are loyalist or very British, and you have some areas that are very Irish. And that's something you really do want to be aware of as you're, as you're kind of talking to people, kind of knowing the area you're in and which way they might tend toward, just to not offend. Um, that said, Northern Ireland is very, very safe now. There are no hard borders at this time, so you can cross very freely between the two. Northern Ireland uses the pound. The uh, Republic of Ireland is on the euro. So if you're planning to do both, you do have to have two different kinds of currency. Um, but Northern Ireland, for the most part, you're not going to really have any issues. I mean, it's very safe. If you do go into some areas um, of both Belfast and uh, Derry, you may want to just make sure that they're safe to go. And there are some areas where there are still political strife. You'll still find, um, you know, that, I mean, they still have the peace walls up and they still do have problems with, uh, in some areas, rocks and Molotov cocktails being thrown at or over the peace walls. Now that's, it's very rare. Tourists don't come across that. So it's definitely not a reason to not go, but it is a reason, you know, you, you do just want to be aware of it. Um, to learn really, really good factual history about that, I highly recommend a tour. Uh, the Black Cab tours in Belfast are fabulous. I highly recommend Patty Campbell's tours. And th they're really, really great. They'll give you great history, great unbiased history. Um, our guide was a Protestant married to a, ca a Catholic. Um, and so he had really great insight from both sides. And then if you're in Derry, I recommend uh, Derry Guided Tours. Glenn Doherty is absolutely fabulous. His father was actually uh, killed during Bloody Sunday. And so his insight into the unrest in Derry is second to none. And he, can, he makes those tours very personal, um, just really fabulous, and can make them 
a little more family friendly and less bloody if you, you know, if you have younger children. Yeah, and then obviously it was made famous by the song by you too, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the different ways of getting around. So obviously you could rent a car, you can do your public bus, um, you could do a tour, uh, maybe some hitchhiking like I did way back <laughs> in the day. Blah, 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 car, I think that they do in Europe. Uh, where you can share with other people traveling distances. Uh, tell us about uh, what would you recommend uh, in terms of transport between cities and within the country? Well, the best way to see Ireland is by car. It just gives you the freedom to go where you want to go and to maybe get to those less visited places. So while the train, the train system is actually rather uh, what's the word I want? It's just not as extensive as you might want. Um, the train system will take you, it, it kind of hubs in Dublin, and it will take you into the major cities, but from the major cities, you really have to, you know, plan your bus schedule or plan to rent a car from there, because once you're in the major cities, you're not getting anywhere by train. Even in, let's say you want to go from Galway to uh, Killarney, which are both very major tourist areas, you can't get between the two directly. You'll either be going back to Dublin or over to Cork to get between them. So studying the train system is really important if you plan to travel by train. It can be done, but it may necessitate, you know, landing in a city you didn't plan to visit and overnighting there before you can get to your next destination. Uh, the Irish bus system also um, it's very extensive. The Irish buses go everywhere, but you can't be in a hurry if you want to use the buses because they do stop um, basically in every little town in between your two destinations unless you're taking an express bus. And the express buses run only at certain times and only between uh, certain hours and certain areas. So you want to really study that bus system. There are private buses. Um, there's Airlink and Aircoach, and then some counties like um, Kilkenny actually has a bus that will take you into Cork or into Dublin. So if you want, if you know you want to do these major city connections, but you don't want to use the public bus, you can search for a private bus. Uh, they're relatively easy. If you just you know do a Google search and says you know Kilkenny to Dublin. Um, you'll get like Kavanaugh's will come up and things like that. So it's really easy to do. But again, on a bus, you don't want to be in a hurry because it's not going to be a fast method of transport. Now for larger families, I recommend hiring a driver guide because if you're traveling with a group of six or more and you're wanting to rent a car, you have to rent a very large vehicle. Fuel costs are quite a bit higher in Ireland, they're about, I think the last time we were there is about a dollar 64 or a euro 64 a liter. So it's by the liter and not the gallon. So that can add up very, very quickly. And then your car rental on top of that, and then your insurance for the car, which is mandatory on top of that, can get a little expensive. So it's always great to look into the option of hiring a driver guide. And I really recommend Ireland Chauffeur Travel for that. They do a great job with families. They have very comfortable vehicles. Ireland chauffeur travel, shout out to you guys. Uh, so I'm curious to know about the food. One of the reasons we travel is the people, the culture, <laughs> the food, uh, the sites. So, uh, I mean, our Ireland uh, is famous for the Guinness, <laughs> the beer around the world. But uh, tell us about some of the major 
uh, food items and what you can expect and in terms of gastronomy tourism. Sure. Ireland um, kind of has a bad reputation for food. It's been getting better, but it's not all fish and chips and shepherd's pie and, you know, bland food. They've really had kind of a foodie renaissance lately. It's and Ireland was way ahead of everybody in the hyperlocal because it is an Ireland island and it's a small island as that. So they've always done the hyperlocal. So there are a couple of a couple of areas that are really, really major food destinations. You have Kinsale, which is in County Clare and that or County Cork, I'm sorry. Kinsale and County Cork, and that's very, very southeast, right on the ocean. Very famous for their seafood and absolutely great if you're a foodie. It's it's always ranking high among the foodie destinations. Another spot that maybe you won't think of is County Clare, the Burren area, which is has kind of been overlooked up until recently as a barren area to kind of pass through between Galway and the Cliffs of Moher. But they have a magnificent food trail that takes you through um, not only restaurants, but places that, you know, hand make ice cream, they have an amazing goat cheese out there at uh, St. Chula. Uh, the smoked salmon, um, obviously some veg, and then free range pork and chicken and things like that. So the Burren is really a great place to follow a food trail. Kilkenny has a really nice food trail as well. And then obviously Dublin is going to, you know, basically give you anything you want. Dublin's a very international city. But for items to try, you definitely want to try black pudding in every place you are because all butchers have a different recipe for their black pudding. Some may have uh, more barley in their black pudding. Some may use different grains in it. But um, it's, it's a sausage that's usually served with your breakfast. But I have found some great black pudding sandwiches that are just awesome. Uh, salmon. If you are a fish eater, I, I am not, but my husband says the smoked salmon in Ireland is above any he's ever had. So smoked salmon, um, lamb and beef are both very good in Ireland. And I would say definitely, definitely try some seafood, even if you're not usually a seafood fan, just because you're, you're right on the ocean. So you won't go hungry, I promise. You are making me hungry, uh, you know, uh, all of these amazing food items. Uh, it is lunchtime over here in Medellin, Colombia, where I am. So uh, looking forward to trying something out. Um, you know, I Ireland is obviously famous also for St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day. Um, I don't know if you've actually had a chance to spend St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, but uh, tell us a little bit about why did this festival become so famous? Not just in Ireland, but pretty much across the globe. You have St. Patrick's Day uh, pretty much in every continent. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, the funny thing is St. Patrick's Day was more of a party in the United States before it ever was in Ireland. In Ireland, that is St. Patrick's Day is their feast day for their saint. And you actually have feast days for other saints in Ireland as well. But St. Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland. And when you had the diaspora, you know, your immigrants leaving Ireland, they, they really wanted to celebrate, you know, their own cultures when they landed in you know America and Canada and um, England and Australia. So St. Patrick's Day kind of came about from that. The first St. Patrick's Day in the United States was actually celebrated, I believe, in Boston. And it was just really a parade 
of, you know, the Irish. And it built up from that into kind of this, you know, crazy holiday that we have here. But in Ireland, uh, it was it was just a feast day. It was a religious day. You know, alcohol for a long time couldn't be sold on St. Patrick's Day. And there are still places um, where you, you won't find it sold on St. Patrick's Day because of the religious uh, holiday that it is. So it's it's always been more of a party in the United States. It's grown though in Ireland. Dublin obviously has a massive parade. The city, you know, is basically celebrating for a week and it's it's turned into, you know, kind of a big party there. But if you're looking for a more family-oriented celebration, I highly recommend Killarney. Um, it's a smaller celebration. It's really a lot of fun. They kind of have a little fair atmosphere to it. But then you'll find even in, you know, smaller villages like Doolin and County Clare, they have a little parade. And I want to say it's like three blocks long. But it's it's just, I mean, it's just sweet and fun. And it just, the the communities really come together for St. Patrick's Day. And, and everybody kind of has their own thing that they do. So if you're visiting Ireland over St. Patrick's Day, um, maybe, you know, visit Dublin before or after the actual day and try to take in one of the smaller villages on St. Patrick's Day itself. You've been definitely a wealth of info, experience and expertise on our show today. Thanks for sharing and uh, it definitely makes me want to come to Ireland just hearing <laughs> you talk. Uh, so if uh, people want to connect with you, Jody, uh, maybe pick your brain, ask you some questions, book a trip. Uh, what are some of the different uh, trips you offer? Uh, tell us about how your vacation uh, planning and consultancy works. Sure. Well, Ireland Family Vacations is set up to be a very easy to use website. I have an interactive map uh, that you can access from the front page that says Explore Ireland. And from there, you can click each county and see you know, what there is on offer. I cover uh, lodging and activities and restaurants. So basically, anything that, you know, that we've done, I share. And obviously, there's a lot that I've done that I just haven't written about yet because I only have so much time. So that's a really great way to start. Um, people do email me with you know, very quick questions, which I'm always happy to answer. But if you're wanting more of a, you know, help me plan my trip, I have a few options for that. I have pre-made itineraries. I have a couple that are free, and then I am working on some, you know, very inexpensive itineraries that people can follow and build from. If you want a vacation customized to your family, I offer vacation coaching. And in that, I really dig into what your family expects from your trip and what your family's interests are so that I can make sure that I'm not saying, okay, you're gonna go to you know, the Rock of Cashel when really that's just not something you're interested in. You might rather go and try hurling, which is the, uh, an Irish sport that, that is very fast and, and furious and great fun to, uh, to get in the way of. So I, I really dig in and, and get people's interests and information and ages of their family to guide them on trips that are going to create memories and also perfectly fit what they want to really get out of a trip to Ireland. Um, in addition to that, if you are, you know, one of those, I want to plan it all myself, I have an ebook that walks you step by step through how to plan your Ireland vacation, beginning with, you know, when should I go and what's the best, you know, how should I get good deals on my tickets to making sure that you, you know, 
cash in your VAT and you're getting some, you know, your refunds from that and, you know, where to stay and how to book hotels and, and B&Bs and vacation rentals. So I really touch on absolutely every aspect of the vacation planning in the ebook. Definitely an amazing wealth of info and resources. Um, so once again, um, you know, uh, thanks again for being on the show. And uh, how can people reach out to you? Uh, what is your website and social media? Of course, it's IrelandFamilyVacations.com. So very easy to find. I am at Ireland Family Vacations or let's see, Ireland Family Vacations on Pinterest, which is the Pinterest boards are set up to focus on each county as well as travel tips. So it's basically all Ireland all the time at Ireland Family Vacations on Pinterest. Um, also on Instagram at Ireland Family Vacations and Twitter at Ireland Fam TRVL. So it's Ireland Family Travel, Ireland Fam TRVL on Twitter just because they limit my, you know, my digits there and Ireland Family Vacations on Facebook. So I'm really pretty easy to find all the way around if you just search for Ireland Family Vacations. Sounds great. Uh, so thanks again for your time over there in Iowa talking about Ireland. It was great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm always happy to talk about Ireland if anybody has questions. Yeah, I love your passion for the subject and I uh, love the fact that you're able to inspire people to go there and to travel to Ireland. Um, if people have questions, make sure you reach out to Jody. I'll have the links below. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can actually click right there, uh, right below. And if you're actually uh, listening to this on iTunes, they'll be on the show notes. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we not only teach you how to make money, save money while traveling the world, but we also love covering different destinations around the world and also uh, doing a deeper dive. So this time we had a chance to do a deeper dive into Ireland. And if you have any questions, make sure you reach out to Jody. Uh, leave us a comment below. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. We'll catch up with you soon. Happy travels to Ireland and beyond. <laughs>